1: (音楽) You just want to stop the channel and experience. Welcome to ECW. Uh, we've forgotten the name of this particular show. We've done two. We do them monthly. Uh, I believe we've changed the name each time. Uh, so this one's just called ECW with a big exclamation mark. Uh, the person you can hear chuckling in the background is uh, the Doctor of Professional Wrestling, Damian Gibson. How are you?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. We're... Um we're trying some new technology there's a lot of new technology around the wrestlewolf studios at the moment and uh, and um, <laughs> it's uh, going well well Question it's mark? it's to describe it as going would
1: be uh, i mean if it was going it would be going well this is this is the second time we've mm. started started this episode my name is matthew Kayfabe, by the way uh, i didn't introduce myself um Sir Matthew Kayfabe? Yes, I was uh knighted uh by Prince Philip. Uh in a in a in a hilarious mistake that you can listen to on my ten part uh serial-esque uh breakdown about me infiltrating the
0: royal family. I thought it was Tony Abbott. I thought you got one of those Australian knighthoods. No, I wouldn't accept that kind of thing. Um Fair.
1: I uh have serious issues with the royal family at the moment, because I don't care about them, but uh, they're everywhere. You don't believe Megan Michael? I don't believe it Megan sounds, Michael. It sounds like you. It's <laughs> All I'm saying is, who the fuck do you think you are? I know. Like, yeah, these people are weird fucking inbreds, but who the fuck do you think you are rocking up and being like, I'm going to change things in the royal family that has been this way for like a fucking, you know, 500 years. Fuck off. The royal family can fuck off and so can just, Meghan Markle. That's what I have to say.
0: <laughs> I just don't think she, as an American, I just don't think she quite understood the breadth and history <laughs> that are involved in this family. You know what I mean? Like, a, I just don't. I think my the funniest thing I heard was uh, in the Oprah interview where she, <laughs> it's not funny. It's kind of sad. It's sad and funny at the same time. Where she where she went to, she went to HR. She went to like <laughs> the royal family's human resources department to complain about her essentially her working conditions, which is such an American sort of attitude of like, oh, I want to see the manager. It's like you're hey, guess what? Your husband's grandma. She's the boss, <laughs> and uh, if she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't like you then you're in deep shit. Just, um, like... Ask ask your husband about his mum, you know? <laughs> like, it's... I just don't understand. We've, she came across as, like, kind of naive, you know, and I was like, but how can that possibly be when your husband was the son of Princess Diana? I just don't understand how you can go in... Like, you don't go into that with your eyes open. You're either willing to completely give over to that family the way that Kate has mm. or you don't marry a royal. Also, you know, like, like that's just- that's essentially, you know and also, why does anyone give a fuck? I agree. Who cares? It's just it's so fucking irritating. Like
1: anyone who goes into a relationship being like a marriage being like, you know, I can I can change things. I can I can I can make serious change in this person's professional and personal life. That will make me happy. Like she can fuck off. And so can
0: the royal family because they're a bunch of weird fucking inbreds. Um Yeah. And the other like the breaking news that the Windsor's were racist <laughs> and the people who worked for them were racist. Who would have thought know, that like, the royal the English royal family, the family that oversaw colonization? Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was only South African farmers who were racist now. I thought we'd finally fixed it. Oh yeah, racism—you uh, know—you only read about that in w- this is a Star Trek utopia <laughs> that we live in now. <laughs> uh, on the subject of the royals, <clears throat> I've been watching. Uh, I've been rewatching the um, original series of Star Trek, so we might get some Star Trek references in this episode. I'm just pre warning everyone.
1: <laughs> Do you mean the William Shatner Star Trek? Yeah, absolutely. You've been watching
0: that. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I, I got uh, during the lockdown. Just because it's available
1: TV. doesn't mean you should watch it.
0: You know what? I I there are so like I can't go to sleep um, without some sort of noise. I've always been that way, whether it's the radio or TV or something like that. Yeah. But I don't want to. When I go to bed, I don't want to like uh, because I'm watching such quality television, like ACW <laughs> and AEW <laughs> during the waking hours. I just, I have certain shows that I put on that are basically background noise and like old episodes of Star Trek, old episodes of Doctor Who, things like that. Really nerdy things. Movies I've watched a thousand times before, like Wayne's World or whatever. They're the type of things that I'll just put on. Hostel. Hostel (laughs) Hostel Rwanda. (laughs) Uh,. (laughs) You know, uh, (laughs) um, I always go to reference that heroin film with Jared Leto in it, and I can't... Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. Man, talk about a film you watch once and go, that was really good. I'm never watching it ever again. (laughs) I once... um I
1: once, because uh, I'm a little prankster, and we're recording this on April two, so we're close to April Fool's Day. Mm, um, the original prankster, the, the the original prankster, as as The Offspring wrote a song in a song about me at the time. Um, <laughs> They're
0: uh, a fucking weird band, man. We should t- we could talk about Offspring. Uh, sorry, you tell your prank story, mm. but I do want to talk about the Offspring at some point, and they are relevant considering their Ravens thing. They are they're they are adjacently relevant. They're more relevant than the fact that uh,
1: my friend Pat the came over to family. my house and I told him that there was this like cool comedy film uh, that I just watched. That's like a really like really straight satire. And, so, and it was d- the movie Doubt, which is about priests potentially molesting people, and we got about <laughs> seven minutes in with me, like, laughing at, like, every little bit and him not quite realising whether, like, I was <laughs> fucked or he wasn't understanding the humour of the movie Doubt. Oh, man. That's um, a great bit yeah no it was it was pretty solid anyway none of us were laughing at the end ah uh, so March seven it's so solemn as well
0: that's the perfect choice like I thought you were gonna say like a like a horror film where it would be super obvious no but I actually like the joke because it it just paints you as this psychopath <laughs> uh, once we finish watching this we should watch my other favorite comedy film Philomena. <laughs> It's got it's got Steve Coogan in it. He's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh,
1: okay. We need to talk about wrestling. Uh, yeah, let's do it. So March 7, 1995, I'll quickly uh, run through it. Um, we got the Pitbulls versus Chad Austin and Joe Goodhart. Mm-hmm. Chad Austin and Joe Goodhart do not exist on the internet. Chad Austin sort of does. Um If you type in Chad Austin professional wrestler, otherwise you get someone who went missing and I believe died in America named Chad Austin. So I was like, at at first I thought it was the same Chad Austin. This guy's name's not Chad Austin. Uh, It's like, you know, Chad something else, Svengali or something. Uh, Joe Goodhart literally doesn't exist unless I'm spelling his name wrong. Um, But I, I couldn't find him. Uh, Then we get a recap of Terry Funk's return, which takes up a fair bit of time. Uh, Mm. We get a promo from the Sandman woman and uh, Terry, which is pretty good. Uh, We get a Shane Douglas and Cactus promo. Uh, Then we get a Tommy Dreamer promo on the Sandman, who is his nemesis, Shane Douglas, who is his opponent, Cactus Jack, who is his tag team partner, and Terry Funk, who is his mentor, uh, this is a bit of a. This is Tommy Dreamer as the Hulk Hogan of, uh, of of ECW. You know, these these are completely unrelated stories to Tommy Dreamer, but we've got to know what Tommy Dreamer thinks about everything that's going on. Uh, then we get a recap, sort of an ECW. Like this, this is the weird thing they do where they sort of cut together pre filmed matches uh, of Shane Douglas and Tully Blanchard. Uh, Tully Blanchard looks better in, in two thousand and one, uh, two thousand and twenty one. Goodness me, mm. than he did in nineteen ninety five. Uh, and then we get a public enemy promo to close out the show. What is your immediate uh, unifying thought about this that will, you know, tie all
0: this together? Just a lot, lot of promos. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm a promo guy i like wrestlers who are good mm. promos like uh you know you gotta be uh you gotta be good on the stick man if you want to be part of dr damien's crew well you're well you're a cm punk fan i'll give you that yeah also bret hart though <laughs> And Daniel Bryan, <laughs> <laughs> you know the two best promos in wrestling history: Bret Hart, and Daniel Bryan. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> anyway, I do, I do really like, <laughs> I do really like good promos. I promise. <laughs> anyway, um, and there's a lot of people in this episode who are really good at that. Shane Douglas keeps going up in my estimation the more I the more I see him. Um, although he is still kind of especially when he's doing those promos with Mick, um, it is really coming across that he's still doing that sort of eighties wrestling that Terry talks about. Hmm. You know that uh, in in this episode where he's like, "This isn't WCW, this isn't WWF." You can just talk normally. I really liked that in his promo. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, "Oh, that's good." And then it cut to Shane Douglas and Mick Foley, and Shane Douglas was like,
1: "Well, let me tell you something, Gene."
0: I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> well, Shane Douglas has obviously got that <laughs> memo. Um, I I still find it. Because I looked up Shane Douglas while I was watching these mm. episodes just to see what he's doing now. And he's still doing, like, indie shows and signings and stuff really? like that. And it's just, like, it, I can't believe that he couldn't find space in a mid-card mm. somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... he mu- yeah. There must be something wrong with him. Because even if Rick was, like... You know, even if Rick was, like, uh, wasn't a fan of him Mm. and that counts out WCW, I know he tried at WWF, but I I don't know. I can't see how he didn't get... It's bizarre. You know, because he can can wrestle in the ring, you know, and even just being really good mates with Mick and stuff like that, you would think that that would allow him opportunities to... You would think you know, so. As we're seeing in AEW at the moment, all you got to do is be a friend of someone, and you're <laughs> a, you're at the top of the card. <laughs> as long as you're friends with Cody, the
1: uh, the thing I thought was interesting or as Matt well. And Nick, that's true. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting was uh, they're sort of starting to you know cac- they're calling Cactus Jack Mick Foley sometimes. Terry Funk references Dewey. Uh, we're we're mere months away from the famous Mick Foley uh, Kane Dewey promo uh it's it's interesting how they how they tie in the various faces of Foley before there are too many faces
0: of Foley right like you know he is, does is, it uh, are they actual different characters in ECW or is it just he's just got a lot of nicknames <laughs> well no he's saying you know I earned the name cactus Jack
1: but my you know I'm Mick Foley I haven't hidden that from people. Like, that's who I am. I've never been to New Mexico. I think he says that in a later episode, which is a, a weird sort of break of kayfabe. But uh, also, for some reason, with him, it
0: really works. Yeah, everything he does. I mean, I, this first episode of March was probably my least favourite. Uh, just, well, there wasn't there very, was very just much something going about- on. Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, I kind of know all this already. I don't... Um, I mean, for us to be doing this monthly, it was kind of a good recap. <laughs> but, yeah, if you were just watching weekly, you'd be like, well, what the fuck, man? A- Actually, Raw this week, uh, I've got to bring up WWE so I can smack them down <laughs> in every episode, no matter what we're talking about. <laughs> but Raw this week, I mean, it was a three-hour episode where only 10 minutes was women's wrestling, by the way. So, I don't want to hear anyone ever talk about AEW's women's division again. And two... Uh, there were so many recaps. It's so much. I never realized that. I heard someone on a podcast talk about how many recaps are on Raw, mm. and then I was then I watched this week's Raw because it was meant to be so bad, and I was like, "Well, I want to check out the 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 <laughs> the equivalent of the Room." This of is a- episode. April twenty twenty
1: one. Just just so people know, at the start of April we're recording this. So this would yeah, be yeah, a April second.
0: So this this week's Raw twenty twenty one. Go and watch it because it's so bad. But not only is it so bad. A good hour of it is recaps. It, it was mental. Anyway, that's what this episode felt like. A little bit. Um,
1: well, let's let's move to to March fourteen then. Let's see. Let's see if we can get some more blood from this stone. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, this 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 episode's not not a stone. This this episode's a sack of blood. Um, we get a. I don't know. Is that a is that a is that a saying? Get blood from this sack of blood?
0: I mean, the,
1: the, yeah, I mean, the logic does make sense. <laughs> it's it's not a good it saying. It's not something anyone would say, but you have, and therefore, you know, carry on. <laughs> uh, so we get the public enemy talking about their three-way dance contract. So they want to take on uh, the shooter, Dean Malenko, and the crippler, Chris Benoit, and mm-hmm. the Tasmaniac, and Sabu. Which is great. Uh, they haven't quite got down uh, what they're going to call a three-way dance and they, you know, call it a triple dance, a triple match, uh, all that kind of stuff. But they'll they they get they'll mm. get there eventually. Uh, we then <laughs> get a Paul Heyman promo on Taz being able to outshoot the shooter. Uh, I think Paul Heyman in this episode is referred to as the psycho yuppie. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think what they mean by that is he listens to- Like it's 1995, he listens to Nirvana and he does a lot of cocaine uh, <laughs> I, I, Like this man is off the charts uh, We get uh, the highlights of Too Cold Scorpio versus someone I couldn't work out who this person was I must have missed it and I didn't want to rewind uh, mm. They're not important is clearly the uh, the case. I don't like these highlight matches very much uh, where it's sort of a cut together, you know, best bits of the match. Uh, just not into it. Uh, we, we get a promo for the hardcore hotline in which Shane Douglas teases, will he be leaving ECW? Are the rumours true? Uh, you you would have to call the now defunct hotline to get the answer to that because it's not mentioned again in any episode. Uh we get an Ian Rotten promo about uh, his brother Axel Rotten. We get a recap of uh the shooter and the crippler and various other sort of maniac things happening on February 25th. Uh this was this was good stuff. Um Jason and the public enemy have a little uh, little interaction. The public enemy want Jason to sign the contract on behalf of... So I should have said, sorry, Paul Heyman signs the contract for the three-way dance on behalf of Sabu and the Tasmaniac. Uh, Jason can sign it for some reason on behalf of uh, Benoit and Malenko because Malenko's his client. Uh, the Pitbulls attack... The Pitbulls absolutely just start screaming. Like so that they 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 truck public enemy. Then they just start screaming like their 1970s wrestling heels. I've never mm-hmm. watched wrestling from the 1970s, but this is how I imagine it to be. And then we get a little promo no, from uh Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go. Then we get a little promo from uh the franchise cactus, Terry, and Sandman, and we're out. Hmm. You, you you have a problem with me referring to the Pitbulls as a nineteen seventies team. Go on. Have have the problem.
0: Uh, no, I was just gonna say it kinda of, that that coked up screaming at the camera thing mm. kind of appeared in the eighties. I thought it was a Billy Graham thing. Uh, yeah, but the majority of the wrestlers were still relatively Yeah, I suppose it. Yeah, I suppose it is. I'll go.
1: It's fair enough. It is essentially what the Pitbulls are doing is exactly what Ric Flair and the Macho Man are doing in nineteen ninety six, early ninety six, (laughs) WCW. Like it is just incomprehensible nonsense, and there's a reason why. Is that Rhino in the Pitbulls? No, (laughs) no, it's not. But it looks. Oh, it's not. I don't think so. In fact, I'm certain it's not. Um. Rhino is going to come to ECW. I believe he might be the last ECW champion before WWE. ECW. Um,
0: oh, it's like being the last Fitzroy captain. I mean, in one way, it is. <laughs> um, he's the he's the Brad Boyd
1: of <laughs> international wrestling. <laughs> well, I think that I think the 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 wrestlers were jumping ship, uh, pretty hardcore at at this point at that point. But anyway, in '95 they weren't. Uh, I, uh, I liked that this sort of had one, this essentially had one major storyline the whole episode, the three-way dance. Hmm. Uh, it's a good, there's really like, there's, there's a couple of, of stories going on at the moment. So, there's the public enemy want to get their titles back from, uh, Malenko Benoit and they want to also want to beat up, uh, Sabu and Taz for beating them, uh, they they sell this really really well. Like I think the the line is that um, uh, Sabu and Taz stole, or is it Malenko and you no know, Sabu and Taz stole the uh, stole stole the titles from the Public Enemy, and then they mm-hmm. lost them to Malenko and Benoit. They've lost stolen property. That's a cool line. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know so th- so there's that story. There's the Mick Foley story. And that's sort of it. Like this is, yeah, and, there's two main I guess there's Raven, and then there's Raven and Dreamer. There's some two cold Scorpio business. There's the Rottens, but really these yeah. are the main stories going on.
0: Well, the Rottens was like a was Melzer's feud of the year or whatever. Is that right? Yeah, I think you mentioned that on the last episode, and I got into that. Uh, I think they cut a pro- they cut promos on this episode. Yes, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, cool. I can see, I can see where uh, where the melts is coming from." Um, the things that caught my eye, I I, <laughs> I really like Public Enemy in ECW, mm. but there was, um, I felt like maybe they had seen uh, Clerks recently when they were doing business with Paul Heyman and Joey Styles at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Just felt like a lot of Jay and Silent Bob. You know, it's a chicken and the egg thing. Like, who came first, Public Enemy or Jane Silent Bob? I'm not... It just feels <laughs> like, who influenced who? It feels like a real sort of Beatles, Stones type thing. Kind of. <laughs> it, it definitely does have, like, a very similar vibe. Yeah, really similar. Even more than usual. Like, it felt like maybe they had just caught Clerks during the week. You know, they had a couple of spare hours and someone had said, oh, man, you got to check out this film Clerks. It's hilarious. It would have only have just come out. Oh wow,
1: that's a that's interesting. That's a because it I came mean- out
0: towards the end of '94, so it's probably still hanging around in cinemas and stuff. I wonder mm. if they saw it and then you know they're incorporating it because it. I mean, I'm kind of joking, but it feels like people because these guys in ECW really the majority of them are just regular dudes, right? Like I've heard them talk about how like they had full time jobs, but then they were doing this basically full time as well, and. So, they would just go on and there's no lawyers or anything stopping them from just nicking shit and putting it into their, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like they're at WWF where lawyers would be like, well, you can't just rip off Jay and Silent Bob, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we'll get sued. Well, so, to be I mean, fair, that it would be super like obvious,
1: but- WWF would be like right now, like, hey, there's this like hip new thing. Uh, we're going to run a Chasing Amy storyline. <sighs>
0: Uh. Yeah, Vince would do, yeah, Vince would 100% do it now. I just saw this film Clerks 2. <laughs> it's good shit. Is
1: is is Kevin Smith is he canceled or is is it just sort of do people not
0: care? No, he's definitely not canceled. He's a super woke guy. Like, he, yeah, he's, like, because I still, because I'm a giant nerd, he does a podcast called Beyond Fat Man because he lost a whole bunch of weight. He used to be called the uh, Fat Man. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, he does this podcast with Mark Bernard, who uh, is an African-American writer. And, and so, like, um, yeah, the, the, the podcast is, like, super woke and stuff. But I think because he was... Um, because it, there was a lot of stuff that came out about Ben Affleck around the same time as, like, uh, all the um, Weinstein stuff came ah. out and because Smith's films was ma- were made by Weinstein um, that he kind of got, you know, people were like, well, if you knew this shit was happening, why didn't you do something about it? And Kevin Smith was like, I didn't get I wasn't the kind of person who got invited to those fucking kinds of parties and stuff. Like, Ben was, I wasn't, mm. you know. Like, uh, yes, I was making films and blah, 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 but I wasn't, you know. He's like, you hear stories, but he was like, everyone in Hollywood knew those stories. So, if I'm getting cancelled, then every single person who worked in Hollywood should also get cancelled. So, I don't know. He he has 100% thrown Weinstein under the bus, which other people who worked with him have not. So I mean that's a that's a plus.
1: I was thinking more about the uh just the content of he doesn't know how
0: to make films anymore. Like that's yeah
1: definite. I'm not sure they would have aged very well either. Like his classic films. Like I do love uh I did love like I loved Kevin Smith movies uh when I was Mm. a bit younger. I'm I'm not sure like they they are peppered with uh sort of uh gentle 90s misogyny and uh, gay jokes, that are probably not going to pass uh, the, the the sniff test in 2021. I don't think they were mean-spirited.
0: Yeah, maybe in Clerks and Mallrats. I haven't watched either of those films in a really long time, but uh, Dogma I've watched like a thousand times. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any like un-PC stuff in that, unless you're hardcore Christian and Christian. Well, yeah, that's- <laughs> then you probably get pretty offended by that movie. I mean- Although Kevin Smith was going through a Christian period at that time, and he <laughs> reckons that's why he made that film it because it was like a love letter to the Bible. What a stupid like, idiot. That's uh, great. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> I don't know if many people in middle America would think the same thing about dogma. Yeah. But yeah, he he just, he's one of those guys that. I still will stand by like the first four or five films that he made. You know what I mean? Like, as far as actually being an actual filmmaker, like they worked and they, you know. And then I don't know what happened, man. Like, it's just, he just doesn't. I mean, Red State was okay, but like, man, um, the, 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 the um, uh, I keep going to say the Kevin Smith reboot, <laughs> the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah. Did you see that? I, tr- I
1: tried to I tried to watch it, and it's it's not good. It's like he's doing it an impression feels. of himself.
0: Yeah, it's weird, right? And then there was the he did like because there was that all those films were part of the Jersey. Mm. What did he call it? The Jersey. I can't. I can't. World. The viewers' universe. Viewers' universe. Yeah, that's right. Um. But then there was, like, another section of that universe that he made films about, which was, like, uh, what was the, like, Yoga Hoses was part of that. Oh, okay. Did you to say never, Yoga I, Hoses? Nah, I gave that one a miss. Oh, man. I managed to watch the whole thing. Um, this is terrible. And you just don't know what has happened. It's like, what happened to you? I don't understand how you can, I'm not saying Kevin Smith was the greatest filmmaker of all time, but he was making his films that were enjoyable You know, Mm. you go to a movie and you'd be like, look, I'm going to have fun watching this Mm. to within, like, two years being like, these films are terrible. I don't- I don't know. It's really bizarre. I don't understand how that can work. But anyway. It is really bizarre. um, Speaking of things that didn't work- It's like
1: the public enemy. They're in ACW. They're great. They're really working. They go to WCW in a year and boy, do they stink.
0: Yeah. Also, Shane Douglas trying to get the um, New York, New York city so great they named it twice, uh, saying incorrect. That's great. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> New York, the city so good they named it two, twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that made me. That made me laugh so much. Um, did you know Shane Douglas made a movie, by the way? While I was doing that research uh, on him, hmm. <laughs> research, uh, he made a film called uh, Pro Wrestlers Versus Zombies. Is that a Jay and Silent Bob movie as well? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> it could be, yeah, directed by Kevin Smith. No, it was directed by Shane Douglas, and it's got a whole bunch of wrestlers in it. And I thought if we um, if we ever get to the point where we can actually kind of try and uh, do uh, bonus content for money, then uh, <laughs> Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies is something that we could, <laughs> we could watch. What a um, tease that
1: is for our listeners. One day we're going to make you pay to listen to us talk about a movie you wouldn't
0: pay to see. <laughs> hey, it's got a rating of 3.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's probably better than I thought it was going to be because that means there's a it's- positive review. It's got more. It's got a better it's got a better rotten tomatoes score than Bulletproof stand, uh, starring Adam Sandler and um oh my god. uh Damon Wayans. God, I'm really struggling with names <laughs> today. Anyway, that's my little that's my little uh tidbit of trivia. That's a that's trivia a tidbit. <laughs> <from> Dr. Damien. <laughs>
1: Uh, those segments are sponsored by Sesame Street. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: March twenty one, nineteen ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just yeah. smoothly moving yeah, across. that was a great transition. You're doing really well as we move uh, across time in the past. Um, you know, for us, we're in. You know, March 21, 1995, uh, As we're in April two uh, 2021, uh, time is a construct. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm falling down a hole here. Uh, we open with, with something that really probably wouldn't happen in, uh, 2021. Uh, that's, we open with, uh, a little, little, little graphic saying that it's an OJ free zone in ECW. Yeah. uh
0: <laughs> Which is fair That's enough. That's because the trial is going on at this point, right?
1: Yes, I mean they could have just not mentioned it at all because no one was expecting uh, pro wrestling to really tackle OJ and the issues that uh, around that trial. But by by saying it was a free OJ free zone, I immediately relaxed and I was like, "Good, okay, not going to get any serious <laughs> talk." My- I'm not uh, gonna get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we open up uh, to Ron Simmons versus Hack Myers. Uh, mm-hmm. Hack Myers remains a wrestler in a uh, in ECW. Nine One One comes down and gets manhandled for the by Ron Simmons for the first time ever, uh, which is you know Nine One One is a seriously big deal in uh, ECW. Uh Terry Funk does a promo on Cactus. Cactus does a promo on Terry. If that sounds a little bit repetitive, it is. But also you're listening to Terry Funk and Cactus Jack talk, so it's okay. Uh, We get uh, Scorpio versus, Too Cold Scorpio versus Dean Malenko or the shooter, Dean Malenko, as he's referred to every time he's mentioned. Uh, Scorpio... uh, Scorpio wins, Taz appears, uh, Taz appears before Scorpio wins, in fact, and lays out Malenko. Uh, This is the first time Taz hasn't looked uh, like a cartoon character, which is good. He's just wearing normal clothes. Uh, The Public Enemy, uh, do a promo about making fun of WCW, which obviously with hindsight, fair enough. Um, And that's the episode.
0: Yeah, the the um the Malenko versus uh Scorpio match was really good. It really it, enjoyed that. It was seriously good. And I also liked that so Taz uh
1: Taz Plonks Dean Malenko on his head, uh pulls Scorpio onto him, wakes up the referee, and and uh Malenko doesn't lose, which I really liked. It would WWE would just have, well, he's been hit by someone different, so he's dead um mm. but it's a, it's a little bit more realistic um you know he spent the whole match getting hit one high impact move uh from a stranger that he wasn't expecting might not just lay him out immediately mm. um it's it was also cool to see a bit more of taz sort of having that attitude and being that guy yeah taz yeah Um, which I'm really looking- I think Taz is one of the things I'm most looking forward to seeing develop. Because at this point- Yeah, man. Has he even had a promo that we've seen? No. So, that's, you know, Taz, who's now literally paid by AEW to just do promos every week, hasn't spoken in three months on ECW.
0: Yeah, until Ricky Starks inevitably interrupts, which is starting to frustrate me a little bit. But anyway- um, During this match, also, like, Joey Styles, uh, like, motions that he may have done something subpar. Like, he says something and then he's like, oh, but I may be mistaken. I apologize for my subpar research. And I was like, (laughs) that's so fucking refreshing to hear someone (laughs) on television. (laughs) Like, even in the world of wrestling, just own something. You know what I mean? Just be like... I don't. I don't know. It's so you know how nice it was to hear someone say, "I don't know." It was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, it's the one thing that I that I pine for from (laughs) from a bygone era is someone going, "I don't know." uh, Like, uh, I think I might be right, but I may not be right. (laughs) Um, I really like Joey Styles. It's like uh, I I really like him a lot, and also like the I I I was a little confused about the heat. Uh, that Ron Simmons is generating here yeah is this uh does this have undertones does this have undertones this hatred of uh, uh, Ron Simmons it it doesn't not have undertones which is unfortunate yeah it feels like it right it was, it's yeah it, it was just like when he came out the crowd were there was one it's been one section in particular of about 20 dudes who were just feral. Like, yeah. well, and I know he's kind of the heel, but I felt like that allowed these guys to really say what was on their mind.
1: Yeah. He doesn't seem to have done anything uh, wrong, which I think is the, con- it's, he's not really, you know, it, 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 yeah. Maybe there's another reason for him to have this heat and
0: it's not televised. <laughs> um but yeah well he's in a feud with 911 right who seems to be like the crowd favorite yes. for some reason that I don't really quite understand so um maybe it was that but it just felt like yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it didn't it certainly didn't uh, fill you with uh confidence in the people watching wrestling in a bingo hall in
0: 1995 and their Yeah but you kind of think like it's weird man like i mean obviously um like you know, I mean, it's 2021 and, and no, things haven't really changed that much. But for some reason in my head, I you know, you think, well, it's 1995. It's not 1965, mm. you know. Like, you'd think that people would have more um, enlightened attitudes towards race and sexuality and stuff. And then you think, well, like, I grew up in a pretty shitty suburb in 1995 and attitudes had not changed then. So, why the fuck would they be any different in <laughs> Pittsburgh? Uh, no, Philadelphia. P- are they in Pittsburgh? They're in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. The, is it uh, Pittsburgh in Philadelphia?
1: I don't know, man. We're
0: we're sounding real ignorant now. <laughs> I was I'm sure at, it is. I was anyway, bad at you, you, you keep going. I'm just going to look that up. Oh no, <laughs> Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There we go. Uh, the uh, the thing. Hey, we're, learning. That- we're learning. We're learning. We apologise. We didn't know. You know what I mean? We Joey styled it. We didn't know. We looked it up. We found out. We apologize. We moved. I on.
1: refuse to apologize. And I refuse to take account have any accountability for, for my part in this. Um,
0: I apologize on Matt's behalf. He can't do anything about it.
1: Where uh- are <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. Um, <laughs> never. Terry Funk loves using big words in the wrong way like he uses words that sound like <laughs> the words he means to use <laughs> and it's fucking great i like i can't get enough of it yeah. he's like smart enough to know the word not do you think he's doing it modern. on purpose i absolutely think he's doing it not on purpose uh, i think terry funk
0: genuinely <laughs> <laughs> it makes it even
1: better it's like it's some real it's it's fantastic i lo- like i love watching him speak it makes him look like more of a lunatic than he already looks like um, and now he's sort of he's going on on Cactus Jack's wrestling ability, saying that, you know, he's essentially just a just a spot monkey and, you know, he can jump off stuff, but he doesn't know a wrestling hold. And uh, Cactus Jack says he does. He does know a wrestling hold. It's his rebuttal. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I do. Good one. Good one, Cactus. You've got do too. <laughs> <laughs> and... uh I think we're also. It's probably worth noting these are. We're not getting. Uh, we were. We were really psyched about the music uses. Uh, usage. Uh, mm. Last time we're not getting much exciting as far as music uh, this month. Uh, this is this is a, a pretty much a music free episode. Although I think we've promised some offspring stuff, which we're going to get to when we get to March 28, 1995, Right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now, this actually is, this opens with music. This opens uh, for a promo of the th- for the three-way dance to Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple. Um, yeah. The whole song. Which uh, I just want to point out, there is uh, a song called Perfect Strangers, not by Deep Purple. It's by In Excess on their album with their best singer, J.D. Fortune. <laughs> it's really,
0: yeah. really awful. There's also the um, theme tune from the sitcom uh, Perfect Strangers as well.
1: Yeah. The
0: the In Excess song Perfect Strangers is about
1: having sex with a stranger and they're perfect. Wow. Uh, That's so rock and roll. Yeah. We could be perfect strangers. Let's spend the night. They used to play this on Triple M when I worked in a factory all the time. Uh, Triple M. (laughs) J.D. Fortune is uh, truly one of the greats. He's a bit like an ECW wrestler in a way. It's like he got called up to the big leagues. It didn't mm. go so well. But some people remember him, and occasionally I'm sure someone remembers him fondly. Anyway, uh, we talk about I J.D. Fortune it. quite a lot on these podcasts.
0: You you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fortunate son. Nice. That's what he calls... Uh, if I had to, it's weird how you can have like those, um, you know, it's weird how you can have those songs associated with particular jobs, you know what I mean? Yes. Like uh, <clears throat> I, I worked in, um, it was actually a really enjoyable job that I worked in with with a couple of mates, at like an IT. It was like a, hard to explain. It was, a where, it was an IT warehouse, but we essentially would get old leased computers and then like basically strip them for parts
1: hmm.
0: or like fix them. So it was kind of like a nerd warehouse. It was heaps of fun. Um, and that the Ben Lee album that's got Gamble Everything for Love and um, Awake is the Catch my Place. disease. And that for some reason, that summer where we all worked in that that album was just played over and over again. And also Kiss from a Rose by Seal is the one song that I remember from my work experience working at Broadmeadows Police Station, <laughs> where it just the girls in the office listened to Fox, I think, and that song was played once an hour from Batman Forever. I the used, best Batman. Film. You, you know what's
1: like something that people <laughs> don't do anymore, or movies don't do? They don't have a completely unrelated song that just is a single to tie in to like help mm. promo the movie.
0: Like Kiss from a Rose is not what has that got Batman. to do with Batman? No, and like, it's what just, and it doesn't even, it doesn't even, what has it even got to do with Batman?
1: I don't know, uh, but according to the video clip, something.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's all they would do. They just put- the film clip would just have bits of the movie in it. Yeah, and it's like you're like Seals signed to Warner uh, music.
1: Batman's made by Batman. And my, yeah. Uh, so, they just tie- like, they should do that more. I want to see more of that. Um, like, you know, release a JD Fortune song with the next Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they worked, yeah, they worked together. <laughs> I love how Triple M Australia are the only, they would have been the only radio station on earth at that time playing that in excess song. Yeah, that, and they played like
1: multiple. Uh, like I remember there was Perfect Strangers, Afterglow, which is maybe one of the actual worst songs ever recorded, and a song called Pretty Vegas, which is actually all right. Um, but pretty Vegas, I remember. Yeah. the uh, They just like, they they loved uh, Switch or Ignition or whatever the fuck it's called, uh, the the JD Fortune In Excess album. Uh, they were like, In Excess is back and better than ever. <laughs> um, anyway.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Like, people weren't going to notice, like, bewitched, you know? <laughs> like, well, people mean- weren't going to notice that. <laughs> That's- Don't worry about it. Yeah, but Michael Hutchins was- was in excess, but also you know? in. It would be excess- like if there was just like a weird, you know, like if I walked out with you two, you know. <laughs> well, okay, that's- and, and and you two were like, "Don't worry about it." I'm like, yeah, but Bono, I mean, you can't have you two without Bono. It's Like, don't worry about it. He's short. He's got. We he's thought we were going to get
1: rid of you two, and. <laughs> Never.
0: Fuck you. Never. Um they'll the- be the next queen if Bono if anything ever happens to Bono they'll they'll go out. <laughs> I <laughs> and mean it's the- some little Irish dude. <laughs> the the
1: thing was it's not like it's not like it's like you know In Excess went out on top and like due to personal issues like you know broke up and the lead singer died but you know now they're going to get back together and give it another go. It's like In Excess sucked for like 7 years before they broke up.
0: Mm, as and they were making they, great
1: music, yeah. And they sort of probably sucked a little bit before that as well. But like the elegantly wasted uh, years where Noel Gallagher told Michael Hutchins he was a has-been.
0: You know these these are like <laughs> things. Were, it wasn't I, like Damn. I wish someone would do that to Noel Gallagher now. I wish someone at the Brits would say to Noel Gallagher. You know what I mean? I don't know who it would be. I don't know any young the English bands, Mods. But- I don't know. Yeah, they're constantly fighting with Oasis, but Oasis don't seem to pay any attention to them. <laughs> the you know They seem to be, like, quite old. <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're a band that everyone loves that I don't understand at all and actually tried, like, actually sat down and was like, all right, I'm going to listen to these guys. Everyone keeps telling me I would love them because they're English. Um, I, I do not love them. I like them, but
1: uh, my friends in UK labour hate them because they're massive... Uh, massive Corbinites and apparently like bullies and stuff. Um anyway, we we've gone we've got we've strayed far from god here. Um after the three-way dance to perfect strangers, uh we get a Mikey Whipwreck versus Jason match. This is the end of their feud from February 1995 and January 1995. Mikey wins. It's great. I love Mikey. Mm. Uh Dean Malenko gives a promo on losing the title, sort of. He uh, doesn't doesn't say anything much. Uh, Paulie gives a promo about Simmons and nine one one. Once again, Paulie is very, very clearly on on cocaine during this time. Uh, there's a gauntlet that Tommy Dreamer has to run in order to get to Raven. Uh so he has to uh, fight the hitman Tony Stetson, who I think is the best hitman in professional wrestling. <laughs> <Thank> um <God. laughs> oh, I know you like the shitman, but I like the hitman Tony Stetson. Um uh-huh. Johnny Hotbody. Uh so he defeats he defeats he defeats uh, the hitman. Hotbody. He defeats Johnny Hotbody. <laughs>
0: And he's just made up like on the Ab- <laughs> as yes. they walk out, absolutely. Like, uh, Hop- you- <laughs> Johnny Hotbody, Tony the Hat, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then finally he gets to Stevie Richards. Uh, during the Stevie Richards oh, match, uh, Terry Funk, the mentor to Tommy Dreamer, comes out with bolt cutters. So, Ravens, Ravens cuffed. Cuffed to the to the to the ring post so he can't get away if Tommy Dreamer wins the gauntlet. Terry Funk cuts Raven's cuffs because Terry Funk's dastardly. Raven Tommy Dreamer doesn't see this. Raven pretends he's still cuffed. Uh Dreamer defeats Stevie Richards, comes to get Raven, and Raven fucking nuts him. And then DDTs Dreamer on concrete. Uh Ouch. And then uh we end this show with Marty Jannetty appearing on the phone. And I don't know about you, but this was indecipherable to me. I could not hear what he was saying. <laughs> could you? No. Like he, he hadn't no. turned up for a match, and then it was like <laughs> And, like, they played, like, five minutes of this, like, just muttering, weird Marty Gennetti thing.
0: <laughs> just, uh, it felt like Paul just being a prick because someone had fucked him over. Yeah. Like, this was very, very, very bizarre. It's vindictive, which seems to be Paul's MO, uh, you know, and if he is on the amount of cocaine that, uh, <laughs> that, that he seems to be on. Um, then a hundred percent, he's going to be in the office going, "Well, we'll just play the, we'll just play the fucking, we'll just play the fucking call, we'll just play it, we'll just fucking play it, so everyone can hear how much of a fucking asshole he is." <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Um, really, the only, um, I mean, one Raven's DDT was fucking sick. Two, Raven is the best wrestler of all time. And three, <laughs> what happened to Offspring? Like, what a, what a bizarre case study of a band, man. Like, they were a real band. At this time in history, they were. I mean, a lot of uh, my punk friends would be like, shut the fuck up. But, like, they were a punk rock band. They weren't, like, you know, they're not rancid or anything. They don't have the street cred of, like, Hmm. a major label punk band like Rancid or whatever. But they were on par. I remember I bought Smash and Dookie on the same day. You know what I mean? And I, I remember thinking that Offspring were cooler than Green Day. Then, you know what I mean? Like it felt like Ospring were more Smash. underground. Yeah. Smash it. I still think Smash is a good record. Uh, and, then, and then Americana comes. Yeah. But how do they how do they get to that? I don't understand there was an album in between Smash and Americana, right? Yeah. Um see
1: not what's it called? Uh not uh is it Significant Other? No, that's a Link Biscuit album. Um Whoops! Uh, there, there is. I can't remember the name of it. It's a good album. Xnay on the Hombre, isn't it? Yeah, that's it.
0: But how do like how do you? I don't understand.
1: It well, has to be money, but they it still, has to be money, right? They still sort of like you know, like yes, like you know, Americana is a weird sort of parody album, but it's still like an all right album for that kind of era, and then they go to Conspiracy of One which has the original Prankster, which maybe is one yeah. of the most bizarre and, like, just bizarre songs ever written. Like, it's like it's written for a Dennis the Menace movie that then they got told, sorry, it's been cancelled, uh, and they were like, oh, shit, I will just chuck it on this album. And then I Want You Bad, which is one of the truly, truly shit milk toast uh, punk pop songs of the mi- early 2000s. <laughs>
0: But that's all they've done since. Are they still together? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they've released an album in a while, but, like, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre how bands will, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Just, I can't. How do you write a song like Pretty Fly for a White Guy? I don't. You know what I mean? Like, how does that happen in rehearsal? Like, Is someone demoing that and then bringing it to the rest of the band or does it come up in the rehearsal studio and, like, it starts off as a joke and then after a while someone comes back and goes, you know, I can't get that stupid song. That thing we did the other day, I can't get it out of my head. (laughs) And then they demo it, but they don't expect it to actually go on the album. They just put it there as a joke for their producer. And then their producer's like, actually, you know that stupid song that you guys wrote? I can't get it out of my head. Is it that? It must be that, right? It can't- They can't not have the self-awareness to know- Or or maybe
1: they were just like, hey, we want to make a lot of money. This is, And this is- But there's no
0: way you know that song's going to do well. I don't know. Imagine if we were in a band and we were sitting in a mixing room and that was played back at us. There's no way- George Martin isn't turning around and going, congratulations, gentlemen, you just recorded your first number one. Like, that's (laughs) not- <laughs> with that song, well, maybe, you know what I mean. Maybe he is the, the um. The- it's keep them separated, right? It's the it's the it's that little bit in this song that Raven comes out to that they honed in on, and were like, "That's why this song was popular." Is this little hook? Yeah. So let's just write let's just write songs with like fifteen of those hooks in it, and we'll be an even bigger band. And they were right.
1: I I know. <laughs> uh, I know. A really weird thing About the lead singer of The Offspring uh, A few years ago I, I He came up on my like feed Like my my news feed um, Because he got a PhD in uh, biology Oh wow So like it's just a very bizarre second act For the guy who wrote the original Prankster <laughs> But anyway good on him
0: Um <laughs> I mean, it's better than you know, hearing like he's like a, a member of QAnon or has started his own Scientology chapter, or you know what I mean. It's like, mm-hmm. oh well, that's <laughs> that seems like a constructive way to use your time when you're a billionaire. <laughs> I um maybe Chris Jericho should have gone and got a
1: PhD. Uh, I'm hoping EC that what what I want from ECW next month. This is my this is my Christmas wish to the past. Uh, I hope we get to actually watch the whole three-way dance and we don't get an edited package of it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that would be- I I don't know whether they're trying- It just feels like there's a hell of a lot of promo and story this month, Hmm. Um, which is good, right? Like, usually we would be asking for more of that, but it kind of- Doesn't mean anything if there's no wrestling. Well, this is this (laughs) like if you don't be the wrestling
1: purist show, isn't it? This is the one where everyone's like, this is where all the great wrestling started.
0: Yeah. So I mean, there has to be a balance. It can't just be all promos. (laughs) Um, I mean, we did. I mean, we did get a bit of wrestling this month, but it just felt like. I mean, my overall feeling towards it is like I don't. I don't feel like we saw a lot of wrestling. I just felt like we saw a lot of people yelling. At the camera, you know.
1: Yeah, it, it was a weird month. It was certainly, I think, we had two really great months, and, and now we've had our first sort of average month. And like, yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible to get to watch Mick Foley before his Mick Foley, um, Terry Funk at you know around the middle of his career at this point, um, despite the fact that he's a 92 year old man. Um, you know, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. Uh, it's, mm. You know, we're over the oh my god, the public enemy are cool to watch, and and I think now we're we're sort of looking for a little bit more. Uh, might be sort of a mm. vibe that we're at uh, a little less bizarre Marty Gennetti, uh stuff, a little more Raven DDTing people onto concrete.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and it also, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it I don't know how to summarize this month. It was too much too much story I really like. I don't want to I don't want to scold a wrestling company for having too much story because it's all I ever want. But if there's no, it has to pay off in the ring eventually mm. at some point because it. I think that's my point. Is at the moment, it just feels like I'm I'm in a lot of different angles and I'm watching a lot of different stories, but I'm not really seeing how they end or you know what I mean. It, it sort of feels like you're just getting like a secondhand account of what happened at ECW. Yeah, <laughs> like someone's telling you, like oh, and then this happened, then this happened. You're not actually seeing it. For yourself. So um although I'm halfway through watching uh Slamboree, 1996 996 Slambury, and um you know, I could do with a lot less wrestling. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Yep on that hand. So I'll never be satisfied, I suppose,
1: is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh yes, as the as the replacements uh pointed out specifically about you, uh you are unsatisfied. And uh, hopefully, uh, our listeners are slightly satisfied. I don't know. I don't care. I don't. I don't I'm not. I don't pay attention to them. Uh, I, I do this for me. I don't read the reviews. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, goodbye, listeners. Uh, like, subscribe. Give us give us some five star ratings on your podcast platform. Um, any other shows of friendship uh, you want to engage in? You know, tweet the show. I don't know. I'm trying to support you to support us anyway uh go be your best just go spend this month being your best goodbye all right uh